0: As HandlePod reaches an episode number which is equivalent to one of the most famous and most loved buses in Buenos Aires. This is episode 152. who've come and had to travel from San Telmo to Palermo on the bus, will do. Um, welcome back to Hand of Pod. Uh, we're not going to deal with things in a con- uh, chronological order for a change this week. I've got a running list that I've just very quickly drawn up. Everybody's very excited. And who is everybody this week? Uh, we record in Peter Quates' living room. Hello. Welcome back, Peter. Uh, we've got Andres with us. Hi, Hello. Uh, we're joined very, very special week this week. Uh, Joel's managed to, to get down. Uh, pleasure to be back on. It's a pleasure to have you back on. And we have a very special guest as well um, a writer from England and a former uh, resident of Buenos Aires, I believe. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, my name's Neil. Neil Clack, uh, who has written, you wanted to plug it, didn't you? And I did, yes, I've written
1: a book, I've got it in my bag here. <laughs> Straight, Straight to business. taking it out before I arrived. <laughs> get, get, <laughs> the plug, get the plug in now. Okay, I've got a copy it. for you, actually. I've got a copy for you. It's, uh, there it is. It's, it's called Animals, the story of England v Argentina. And it's um, it's the history of the rivalry between the two countries, football rivalry, that is. Um, there you
0: go. Thank you very much. We shall pass this round to the Hand of Pot. Okay. You can, that's your the, copy. The, the Hand of Pot Office once uh, we get an office. I'll, I'll,
2: <laughs> I'll put in a, an early recommendation though. I have a, I have a Kindle copy. Um, very very good read, very enjoyable. Some nice interviews there with, with players who've been involved. So, um, yeah,
0: yeah. get involved, everyone. I have to admit, I've meant to buy this for quite some time and just never quite got around to it. So. You uh, mean you actually, you actually knew you you it monster, existed? I'm not impressed. <laughs> no, yeah. It turns out I should be
2: <laughs>
1: I've waited long enough to who, who was your favourite interview <laughs> in the, in the uh, Roa, Hill Rower I was going to say he's mad yeah. Yeah. but no he, he, he was uh, he, he enjoyed doing it you could tell he was really into it and, uh, What's he doing and, and he bought me food and dinner and kept um, ordering more and more for well, me, for the <laughs> and for him, and for him, yeah. he's, he's a big man, isn't
0: he? Yeah. For, the, for the benefit of listeners who uh, maybe aren't as familiar with Carlos Ferrar's story, he was the goalkeeper in 1998 who uh, was saved the, the hero 20s. of the penalty shootout in the uh, second round, wasn't it? Yes, it was because they went out to Holland in the quarterfinal, um, and and who retired was it late in 1999 because he thought the world was going to end. Yeah, he didn't really
1: want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I, what,
0: what year did you do this was Too I did do an interview with him afterwards in El <laughs> Graphico or something, where he basically, he, he kind of said, you know, to be honest, I feel a bit silly about now. it now. It didn't happen.
1: He he was really keen to talk about the penalty saves and the match and the rivalry and obviously I saved that question right for the end after he'd spoken about the penalty saves and he just looked at me and he said it's all out there go and look for it yourself he said it's out there I've t- spoken about that before and uh, he didn't really want to go there and 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 to be I, I respected that I didn't really put that in the book because it's not really about football is it but yeah that's him
0: <laughs> yeah, after i've got the beginning of that chapter up here now it says he's a vegetarian
1: yeah we're we met in a vegetarian restaurant and the unusual an thing to be in argentina yeah yeah um and uh, he he was keen actually to plug the the vegetarianism he wanted to talk about that and he bought me lots of food
0: Excellent. thank you very much for the book Um, We have uh, plenty to talk about on this week's episode, and first of all, as I say, we're not going chronologically for a change, Um, we need to talk about what happened on Wednesday night in Bajo Flores, uh, where a small piece of Argentinian football history was rewritten. Um, San Lorenzo, at long last, are champions of South America. They've won the Copa Libertadores for the first time in their history prior to last night. Of course, they were the only one of the big five who had never won it before it's no longer the case, Um, and two of the five people sitting in the room today, as far as I know, two, neither of you two, when did you? Uh, So two of the five people in the room were in the stadium, so Joel and Neil, Joel or Neil, jump in first and and tell us what your impressions
2: were. Well, well, Neil's very graciously allowing me to go first, but I'm going to be quite brief because... uh I was behind the goal, so I didn't really see much of it. I mean, really, I had to read up about it and see the highlights afterwards just to kind of get an idea of the game. But I mean, the atmosphere was fantastic. It was, it was great fun. Um, the gasometer was absolutely packed. Um, they were all obviously up for it. And, and after the first leg, real fit, I mean, it would have been a massive upset not, for them not to have done it. But, um, but everyone was definitely up for it. Um, I spent most of the game dodging these receipts, reels that they kept throwing over, for it, which, which looked great, I'm sure all of you watching on TV thought it was uh, very beautiful and good fun, but um, a colleague got hit in the face by it and it was pretty painful, so um, I was dodging that mostly, but um, no, I mean, and, and afterwards obviously just a great explosion, we, we followed them, the supports from back of Florida's where they, obviously the stadium is, up to Boil, and uh, and it was just really great, um, great atmosphere, loads of families, and just, um, you know, just a not to put too fine a point on it, just how historic this was, though, because, you know, San Lorenzo are one of the great clubs in Argentina, and there is this, you know, why haven't they been able to win the Libertadores, especially when you look at you know, Independiente with all of theirs, and Boca as well, and obviously River and Racing as well. So, um, so, you know, real, very emotional, I think, for a lot of San Lorenzo supporters. So it was, it was great fun, delighted for them, but as I said, I didn't really see much of the game, so I can't give you much of a, you know, are they deserved winners, are, um,
0: I think maybe Neil's I have one there. question you might be able to answer, Joel, which is, for the first half... No, sorry, for the first half hour or so, yeah. this might have been the levels on the television, but the crowd sounded really, really quiet. I was... Was that the case? I, I, I didn't
2: express this at the time, because I thought I'd probably get uh, lamped by the guy who was next to me, who was definitely not working, but did have all the uh, official accreditation and uh, and bibs and everything. Uh, yeah, the... No, behind us, the behind the, the goal that San Lorenzo were attacking... They were in great voice, mm. but definitely the the one the the state the the, the stand uh, op- opposite, I guess, the cameras was um, was very quiet. Yeah, it really was, and I'm, I'm not sure if that was nerves, if that was because you know we were saying they're expected to win, but um, they weren't creating that many clear cut chances. No. So maybe maybe it
0: was a bit of nerves. And of, I, I, of course, I, I'll hit the post a minute in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: which. Yeah. Uh
0: given that it took on about 94 minutes during the first leg to manage a <laughs> shot on target was, was quite a, a shock um, I suppose it probably
3: yeah. hasn't helped the fact how the magnitude of the event but also the fact that everyone really expected them to win so exactly, for sure. all week yeah. people have been saying not San Lorenzo fans although well, San Lorenzo are going to win and, and the final step the,
4: the final step is always the harder, the hardest so uh, people but perhaps in previous previous prior to the match they perhaps may have been uh, enthusiastic and and, and and shouting and but when on the stadium uh, things tend to be more like relaxed and, and, and even perhaps they were nervous and and players in the stadium in the pitch calm down the the, the, the the crowd perhaps uh, because even though they didn't play well they were like uh, perhaps a uh, national was a bit better uh, a bit better not being such a great team, but better than San Lorenzo. Players w- looked at this. At, at least that's what I, I, I have seen. and, and uh, I think that the, the environment changed when people uh, got to the stadium. I, mm-hmm. I think that it was like that. You
1: know? yeah. now? I, I agree completely with you. Um, the atmosphere before the match was electric. Um, and deafening, the noise was deafening and I loved it because I haven't experienced that for a few years. I'd forgotten how good Argentina's yeah. crowds are. And it was fantastic, It had all the um, streamers and flares, there was fireworks, balloons, mosaics. But as soon as the match started, Nacional were the better team for half an hour. And I, I agree with you, it silenced the crowd because I don't think it had occurred to them before the game we could lose this. And suddenly in that first half an hour, oh, what's going on here? The crowd became nervous. The San Lorenzo manager, uh, Bowser, is yeah. it pronounced Benal- yeah. Bowser, he said after the game that they were very nervous um, at, at the beginning. And he said they'd been worried during the week, a couple of their training sessions hadn't yes, gone they'd well, th- they'd had an argument over positions or something.
4: The, the 54 years that from the, that semifinal that San Lorenzo... It was said a lot this this week.
0: Tell us about that, Andres, because there's a very famous uh, phrase that that you were using last night on Twitter and a few other people as well, saying that they they sold the home advantage. Yes. they did that literally. Yes, uh, yes. Tell they, us what
4: happened. They 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 had reached semifinals in 1960. The, the, which was the first? The first Copa Libertadores, which was called in that uh, case, during in, in that years, uh, those years, it was called uh, Champions Cup or Copa de Campeones. Mm-hmm. And, and North Copa Libertadores, and uh, they uh, reached the semifinal to play against Peñarol, and they, uh, fin- uh, they ended uh, in a in draw in the first and second leg, and they had to play in that, by that time, a third match, Not a, it wasn't an a, a aggregate time or, or, or penalties. They had to play a third, a third match, and San Lorenzo received part of the money uh, earned from the tickets in order to play in Montevideo. In in, in, uh, in, in spite of playing in a neutral venue, so they they were to point to place to to Montevideo and well they lost. And that was the only the only uh, time in the, when they were near to, to reach <coughs> finals. This was the second one. So history perhaps came to the to the stadium and, and, and that is impossible to to escape. Uh, well, that that fifty years. After that, eh, San finally eh, achieved something which was fully, fully dreamed eh, eh, for by the, the by crowd, by the supporters, and of course, in this case, it was deserved. But eh, it had to pass fifty-four years in, in order to to, to to become reality. It's, I apologize if anybody heard
0: a thump while Andres was uh talking, then I've just had to kill a cockroach. Hope <laughs> oh, oh, you don't mind Peter. No, I've no. stained your sofa ever so slightly but you should just it out, That bit needs to be edited, I think. <laughs> that could stain. This is the the colour that people love about listening to Hammy Also I'm going to continue to tell myself. Um what else can we say about San Lorenzo? Did, did, you, did you think the
1: handball was really stupid? Considering I thought at that point Nacional were on top the first half as no, well, definitely. And, and if that had got to nil nil at half time, considering also that the crowd were getting nervous and frustrated, um, I saw something. What do you think of the handball? I thought that was really. I, saw, I
0: saw someone I can't remember who called it um, San Lorenzo uh, Nacional's answer to Adalberto Román, who of course is the the River Plate defender who, who committed a really stupid handball in their relegation playoff against Belgrano as a result of which they, they lost the first uh, leg and, and went down. Um, I'm not sure I'd go quite that far. Losing a Libertadores final is not quite as big a tragedy as getting relegated for the first time in 104 years. Um, but it was, sort of, it was deeply unnecessary, yeah. really. The guy's going for an overhead kick, uh, some insane angle to the goal way up in the corner of the box don't know what he had his hand up for. Another thing that I wanted to talk about, actually, with the penalty was, did anybody think there was a certain amount of favouritism from the referee towards San Lorenzo? Because Nacional had a really big penalty shout turned down in the second half. Yeah, I thought... Mauro cento just seemed to fall onto the guy who was running onto the ball. Nowhere near the ball. Yeah, he it's did, but at the same time, even ground.
3: when I was watching yeah. the replay, I thought you'd have to be a very brave ref. In... Oh, yeah, you'd have
0: to be brave, yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't one of those ones where you look at it and go, he's got absolutely no way that he can say no to it. Mm. it you know, it was one of those ones which I think everyone watching, as a neutral said, that's probably a penalty. Mm. <laughs> but it wasn't clear enough where you thought, bloody hell, that he's absolutely let them off with something which is just plain
0: as... So your verdict is No. No, my, my verdict not, as a neutral no, yeah. would be it's a penalty, but in the light of the... in the referee's shoes, would you have given it? No, it's I not the matter. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't
3: have.
2: The ball boy next to me thought they were very lucky. I think that's uh, thought San Lorenzo were very lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. And of course, they're all the youth team
0: players. Yeah, there. Um, and yeah, he he, was, kind of, he he had a look on his face like they knew they got away with it. And yeah. talking of ball yeah. boys, was, was my phone goes off, that's going to be much louder on the recording than um, well, it was for us but talk, talking of ball boys, th- this allows us to link in with a point that we made last week about how well San Lorenzo's current board have done because San Lorenzo's current board took charge about two years ago and San Lorenzo were playing in a relegation playoff, and had Ricardo Caruso Lombardi managing them and of course they, they managed to stay in the Primera thanks to a ginger ball boy <laughs> and how far they've come now we, we oh, all remember this, right? But for the for the benefit of, um, of new listeners, um, two years ago, Caruso Lombardi insisted on putting a ginger ball boy behind the goal uh, that San Lorenzo's opponents were attacking uh, to give them bad luck because red-haired people in Argentina consider <laughs> to be bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a really there's a there's a magnificent photograph uh, which I can actually look up to try and, uh, and show uh, Neil at least. There's a fantastic photo of Ricardo Caruso Lombardi. Was it front page of Olay? When it they stayed was, up. I think it was yeah, yeah. Um, well that, by the way
2: that hasn't changed I don't know what you're while you're looking for this but it hasn't changed because the the ball boy who wasn't next to he was asking oh you know what's this for where are you where's the, the story for and he and just along from us was a very well-known journalist with Fox and we were just right behind behind the goal and the ball went out and the journalist came to the journalist and he Passed it straight back to the goalkeeper, and the ball boy went and had it out with the journalist, saying, "You can get me in trouble for giving it back to them so quickly, don't you know?" And he probably had it out with the uh, with this very well known, I said, Fox Sports journalist. So, um, so there's still very much that whole. And I started asking him about it. He said, "No, no, no," and he was explaining. He said, "Well, if the if the ball's on the pitch, he'll throw it on there as well to confuse them. So there's two on the pitch. So they've got to kick one." And off. there were two
0: at one point. Oh, and it's, yeah, it's, totally, thinking it's thinking totally, it's, totally it's Oh no, absolutely, talking. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, no, as I was saying, there's a very famous photo, which I've now got up and I'm showing it to Neil, you yeah, I haven't seen it before, of Carol Lombardi celebrating with the ginger ball boy uh, after the game. Um, quite ridiculous.
3: <laughs> really cool. So the, the,
1: ging- the ginger ball boy was quite happy to agree with it and go along with it. Exactly, yeah. 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 I think yes. the good thing about that,
3: though, is that in a
1: rele- relegation
3: playoff, there isn't a trophy as such, but Caruso Lombardi treats the ginger ball boy as a, <laughs> <laughs> as a trophy to yes. us, <laughs> a lot
0: Uh, Another point, of course, that a lot of people were making last night is is how long is it going to be before Caruso Lombardi comes out, now manager of Tristan Suárez in in Argentina's third division, by the way, for those who are wondering what's happened to him. He left Quilmes at the beginning of the winter break and joined Tristan Suárez about three weeks later. Very bizarre. Um, How long is it going to be before Caruso Lombardi comes out and attempts to claim some of this Copa Libertadores triumph for himself for having kept uh, San Lorenzo up in the first place? Well, I'm sure he'll...
2: Uh, I don't know. we'd <laughs> have done already. <laughs> you, I'm sure he's done it already. Um, we'll have to look into how many. I'm sure they claim for obviously the players that he brought to the club, which must be quite a few of them mm. still. I don't know whether he, they were his signings as such, but of um, course they had the Argentinos midfield of Mercier and Ortigosa. I don't know whether Caruso signed them though.
1: I'm not he, sure. He, he, he was Argentinos but, manager at one point, yeah, I think when they were there. Yeah. I think. yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Um, a couple of other things, matthias Lamentz and Marcelo Tinelli, turns out they might actually be good uh, <laughs> directors in spite of us mocking them when they took over because that was the situation, as we say, two years ago. And, and now they've got, they're have got they going back to Boedo. The, the yeah. deal's either signed or on the verge of being. So they seem to sign a new bit of paper about it every day, so it's quite difficult to see how far along it is exactly, but it's happening. They've won the championship and now they've won the first ever Copa Libertadores in their history. Uh,
4: <laughs> but he was a bit arrogant, I think. Tinelli speaking of course. For, for a space <laughs> of 30 minutes, <laughs> and, the, and the players, and what, I don't know, uh, of course Tinelli say uh, a, what well, I a really
0: bizarre bit actually, about half an hour on, or 40 minutes or so after the game finished on Fox Sports, <laughs> where they basically were getting Marcelo Tinelli to interview Edgardo Balsa. so he's interviewing one of his own employees about what a magnificent moment this is for the club, it was really strange. Just the mm-hmm. dynamic of the interview was 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 quite. Uh, yeah, I think I think
2: within this, I'm going to defend them here because I saw someone going up to uh, Matthias Lamins, the president. Um, and getting him to sign a man older than all of us here, uh, considerably. Getting him to sign a, a San Lorenzo shirt, and in tears, saying thank you for when you guys came on board. Well, this is thank, thank you for for what you've done to the club. You've you've done something here for, and he, he mentioned all these points exactly: Boedo, the Libertadores, and everything. And um, and he and he was. Really, that guy, you know, advanced years, crying, thanking uh, the president for, for everything they've done. And they have done great, um, great work at the club. There's no, there's no other way to see it. Um, and then I, I saw the guy uh, just by Congreso earlier today, this afternoon, just coming out of the parking lot. Um, big San Lorenzo flag draped over his car as he just <laughs> drove through the centre of
1: Buenos Aires. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's actually quite close to the San Lorenzo um, yeah. um, headquarters. So. Because the the, um, the sort of romantic narrative is that um, they started doing well after the Pope blessed them, isn't it? Yeah. But the, but the reality is that the new board actually did put money into the club. Is that right? Yeah. It, 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 so
0: yeah, the ball was definitely rolling.
1: Well, Tinelli is
0: as we mentioned at the I time, Lamentz was sort of seen as his puppet because Tinelli is one of the the sort of most wealthy. I don't know, about one of, one of the top 10 richest people in Argentina or something, but he's a very, very, very wealthy man by anyone's standards, not just Argentine standards. He's also a very busy man. I mean, he's got so much yeah. going on that
2: he's not... Um, I mean, many, I'd say all other clubs' vice-president are much more involved in, or have much more time at their disposal than, than someone like Marcelo and Tinelli does. Hmm. So Lamins does obviously have a great deal. But he's very young, isn't he, Lamins? is 34 34, like, yeah. He's,
0: yeah. He's how old,
2: sorry? He's 34. How old are you? 34. There we go. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, more, it makes you yeah. wonder, doesn't it? I'm there chasing He's the interview. <laughs> He's doing the interview. <laughs> He's a bit isn't he needs to friends today. We've mentioned the Pope already. Uh, San Lorenzo, some of San Lorenzo's squad apparently are travelling to Seoul, where the Pope is at the moment, on Thursday to have an audience with him. Which just makes you wonder how fucking seriously they're going to take this league campaign, mm-hmm. doesn't it? if various members of the first team are travelling to the other side of the world how, for two days before a league match next week. How many of them are going? I don't know, but I, I, I've heard between some and the whole team. I mean, the AFA presumably are not going to give them a weekend off for going to an audience with the Pope rather than playing a competitive match as they did last weekend, obviously. Um, it's quite bizarre. And of course, the other famous San Lorenzo fan, who we have to mention, who wasn't in the stadium last night either... Ligon Mortenson. I was wondering where he was, and it turns out he was in um, New Mexico filming a new film called Captain Fantastic. Uh, we were wondering what it was about. But his, his thoughts weren't on his job, according to La Nación. Uh, he was getting regular updates from Fabián Casas, who's another famous, famous to Argentines, uh, San Lorenzo fan, uh, who is friends with him so uh, there we go if anybody was wondering uh, wanted the Vigo watch then that's it um, final question is this the greatest San Lorenzo team ever? because this is a tricky subject especially in Argentina where several of the greatest club sides ever were pre-Libertadores La Machina in the case of River Racing's seven in a row which was pre-professional era even back in the 19 teens, and in San Lorenzo's case the Carasusias the, the Angels with Dirty Faces this is the first Libertadores winning side and for anybody who's seen it I think most San Lorenzo fans are going to remember it as their favourite. We will be asking Mariano by the way he's going to be on next week's episode he couldn't get the day off work today. Um, but Where do you think this stands in the San Lorenzo pantheon? Is it above or below the Carasusius? How do you think it will be remembered in say 10 years time? I no, think It's got to be below Despite the, the, the sheer achievement, the, the romanticism that Argentine football has for that bygone era. Exactly, I think.
2: exactly. Yeah. I Just only in the popular memory, especially at a club that waited so long for it. You know that, the Carasausia side is, is still talked about. You know, what 40, fifty years afterwards. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's such a short campaign, isn't it? And, and mm. it doesn't even get the momentum because you get the World Cup going in the middle of the, the campaign, so that stops there. So I don't know. Although there was this great atmosphere and great excitement, and obviously jubilation at winning the, the Barcelona, I just don't think, the, the team's going to get dismantled in the next 18 months, if not what? 12 or so. Well, six. it's been dismantled even
0: before the well, final league, well, that's right, during exactly. the final. <laughs> that's yeah, he wrote it during <laughs> the, the final. He played his final <laughs> summer Lorenzo <laughs> game in the first yeah. leg of the final, <laughs> well, that because is FIFA wouldn't give Montreal Impact a, God, a yeah, transfer yeah, extension, yeah. so he had to go then. Um, they've already saw, obviously, Ankel Correa, who played a big part in the celebrations afterwards, but he was injured and didn't play the semi-sort of final. They've already sold uh, various other players. Uh, Romagnoli was the one I was, I was trying to. And Valdez left, left,
4: left the team with no with a com, with something some problems with with member with board members and mm-hmm. and because of a, of a uh, something some money that they they had to to pay and uh, and uh, but Mario told me today that. Uh, uh, when they became became champions in 1995 they were they cried um, we could we could say similarly way to, to the way they cried uh, last night because they they in that, by that time they uh, had to pass 21 years to become champions again from 1974 to 1995 and having been relegated So, uh, by that time, uh, it's uh, famous, the the, the image of uh, Hector Beira, Bambino, Mm -hmm. crying a lot, and that, uh, I thought that it was like more uh, like an actor, because it was uh, very like a boy, crying like a baby, and and, uh, uh, Mariana told me that they, the Saloneso supporters, cried. Perhaps the same, like, like last night, uh, by that uh, time when they became champions after... 21 years in 1995. Mm. Uh, of course, they didn't know uh, that 19 years after they would be the champions of uh, Copa Libertadores. Uh, I think.
1: I, th- I think if they don't win the Libertadores again in the next 50 years, yeah. they will be remembered. This team will be oh, remembered. Sure, yeah. and, and, and as the as, and the longer the time goes on, the team will get better and better yeah, in the memory. Yeah, yeah? it will be a famous, great team that Marcelo Tinelli
4: yeah. has the same age. Fifty-four years—that the time that they, uh, when when they reach semifinals and the, the stories, he, he was he, he was being born. Right. And, and, uh, yeah. yes, the people with eighty-eight years uh, old men that perhaps won't uh, see San Lorenzo be champions again, and it's very touchy, Yes.
1: The the, the player yes. I really enjoyed watching. Um, Resulting goals, certainly. Um, I mean, I remember him when he played for Argentinos yeah. with you, You've Mercia. been talking to Joel, haven't you? No, I haven't. <laughs> You're <laughs> you <haven't been laughs> asking
0: which players to mention on hand of pot. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. No, no, that's. that's
2: that good uh, I, do, do you like him? I, I'm a massive fan. Just, yeah. he's just, he's just great. Um, yeah. in, in
1: every sense. I like, yeah, I like the fact because, that he's overweight. Exactly. That, no, that, but, exactly. That but in me, every sense, of <laughs> there's, a, there's quite, a, <laughs> not quite a comedy element
2: to him. But yeah, I mean, he doesn't care. You know, he's farting, and yeah, and the whole thing about his penalty taking is—is is it the best record in Argentine football?
1: I read Penal, today, he's he's twenty-one taken 22 of twenty-two. So. twenty-one out. Right, okay. He had I mean, one
0: saved against Godoy Cruz in 2012 by uh Godoy right. Cruz right. goalkeeper. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the re- the reason I like him is because um, he's you know, I hear that Argentinian football is deteriorating, that it's more physical and faster and the skill isn't like it was, say, ten years ago or before. I, I don't know if that's true, but he, for me, is one of the old school players who likes to slow the day, game down a bit, put his foot on the ball. And not only that, but
0: he has the ability to as yeah, well. Because the, I the think technical ability. What marks a player in, in a league like this out is not necessarily that they're slow, because there are sure. quite a few slow oh, players. Oh, really? I haven't it, seen it's enough. It's, it's yeah. those players who are, who are slow, but who, when they're on the ball, they don't look slow. Right. The guys who don't get closed down easily, the guys who don't give the ball away. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's what kind of... Yeah, I, I think last that. night, he didn't put a foot wrong the whole game. I don't think he made a bad pass in the whole game. And um, Also, in the first league... I thought he was the best player. Yeah. And it changed the game when he went off. Um, the, the manager, Balsa, mentioned that in the press conference after the first leg. He felt that San Lorenzo were in control until Ortigoza was forced to go off. He, he took a knock or something. And he said that in the press conference afterwards. That's when Nacional suddenly realized they could get through them.
4: He's a leader, like we say here, a caudillo. Um, because last night when, when players were a bit confused or, or not playing their best match, they, he said, listen to me, like, something like that. That's in a, in a heavy match, like a final, no, not, not, any, not any player does something like that. And, and he may not be in his best physical form. In, uh, in fact, today there were, of course, uh, uh, draws uh, with him. In a modo, uh, trying to catch Cristiano Ronaldo, it was a fan, of course. Uh, and, but he, he's
1: They can compare torsos, can't they, before <laughs> the match? Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but his skills
4: is uh, in order to, to play to to, to uh, pass the ball is well it's extraordinary, yeah. and that is something to take into account. Of course, he's maybe a bit uh,
1: exceeded in, in in Kylos, but. <laughs> I, I remember um, during the 2010 World Cup when he was playing for Paraguay, a British commentator said uh, he looks a bit bulky, yeah? <laughs> but I think he's got even bigger since then, yeah, in sure. the last four years. Sure, yeah. but, but just back to what you were saying about where will they stand in history, hey, if they got a result against Real Madrid... well that would be the best team by in the sure. history that would clinch it surely yeah, wouldn't yeah. it yeah yeah for and sure. I think
0: they deserve to be reminded as such <laughs> um, the next subject that we need to talk about today there's lots to talk about today um, before we even get onto the league is of course Gerardo Martino, uh, who I'm assured by several very persistent uh, Twitter followers is an absolutely useless manager oh, and mm-hmm. doesn't deserve to have the Argentina job um, but has got it He's, he's been given it I'm sure we're all very disappointed about this because as we know he's shit are we disappointed about it is he shit I think the answer to both questions is a resulting no isn't it, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, 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 yes. it um, he was unveiled officially today it was announced yesterday um, his first task is well it's the same almost <laughs> at least in terms of the opponents as Alejandro Savela's last task was it's a replay of the World Cup final they played Germany on the 3rd of September in Dusseldorf I hope I've pronounced my umlauted U correctly. There. Um, and he's going to name the same squad as well. He confirmed today that uh, the squad, as was announced by an AFA spokesperson about three or four days ago, will be the 23 that went to the World Cup. What do we think of Martino uh, being? Sorry, particularly, what do we think of Martino getting the job, uh, gentlemen? Who wants to go first? Well, we, we You're time, well, I'm very weak on it. Your
4: archetypal. I would ask you something. Did Alejandro Sabella? Uh, ha, uh, have a, a, a coach position before uh, be having uh, announced as the Arge- national Argentina national team coach before the, the that job. Was well, Deliantos? Not I mean, the I, 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 I,
1: regarding the World Cup. He was assistant, wasn't he, to Passarella? Yes, assistant. But not for national coach. teams. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't. So he wasn't a national no, no, no. manager.
4: Uh, Maradona, neither. What? That doesn't even deserve. <laughs> you know, Martino has that advantage. He has already worked as a coach in in a World Cup with yeah. Paraguay, in having uh, reached quarterfinals, losing against Spain one 0 Very adjusted. Very very tight match. So, I think that that... Y- y- and also reaching the Copa America final yes. following it, yeah. so sure it wasn't a fluke. Both
0: campaigns involving an well, astonishing uh, number of draws, it has to be said, but he's in charge of Paraguay, and Paraguay's yeah. best attacker, the centre of their attack, got shot in the head four <coughs> months before the World Cup. Um, so, I shouldn't laugh. so, yeah. I, I, I uh, uh, sorry. Just Go
2: on. Jumped in there because you said uh, it, it's not luck. Martino himself said it was luck in the Copa America. He said again do you remember the game against Brazil when they yes. they were they were very lucky and he came out and said, hey, it's not cool. uh, Oh no but, I but, sure no, but, on, on, but this on, this, this leads on to another point, right? point which is that he's, he's like Sabella, he's just very open, uh, he's very honest. And I mean I think Andres makes a great point there about he's got good experience, he's shown that he can improve a squad of players that he's given. And he's taking on obviously a, a really strong squad uh, of, of players that you know runners up in the World Cup. So um, I think it makes perfect sense. But I think he's just he's a very likable character in the same sense, same way that Sabella was. And I think it's it's very positive for decision and, and atmosphere to have around the national team. You know they've got Messi, they've still got another great World Cup to expect from Messi. They've got Di Maria. They've got a really solid group of players, and to have someone that is well liked and it isn't conflictive and it is honest mm. and does you know just, just says it as it is and isn't trying to play games about anything
3: uh, I think it's a really good move I think what I like as well about the fact not just having the experience of being at World Cup with Paraguay band, he showed like versatility I think in his coaching yeah. that with the resources available to and the players with Paraguay he set them up to be very difficult to be and they weren't the most attractive side <laughs> to watch but his results were very good then if you look at Martino's team, like at Newell's, for example, they were very quite attractive in Argentina. No, know, they played really well. So they, yeah, they, they, they were an attacking, team, yeah, well, were yeah. attacking and even, team.
0: And even Barcelona, although this is clearly, as I mentioned, why my Twitter followers tell me, <laughs> repeatedly and rather irritatingly, um, that, that he's, he's dreadful. The first half of that season at Barcelona... Was very close to well, it was record breaking in terms of the, uh, the the really early games. I think it's the first time Barca have ever won their first seven or eight games in a row or something in the yeah, league. Yeah, he the record. Yeah. He very nearly he was one game away from equaling Pep Guardiola's record of number of matches unbeaten at the start of the season in all competitions or maybe in the league. Um, and they played magnificent. It was the second half of the season when the Neymar transfer scandal kicked in, when uh, Sandro Rossell stood down to president, <laughs> when Messi's fitness started to to give up a little bit. And also, when the kind of weight of expectation that resulted in, or that, or that was a, a symptom of, the fact that the Catalan press just at no point gave him their full support, even after he'd had that astonishing start to the season, that's when everything started to fall apart. And yet, he still finishes, uh, was it two points behind Atletico for the league title? Yeah, they went to the, the last game, last, didn't they? went to the very last game of the season. Yeah. Semi final, quarter final of the European Cup, semi final yeah. of the Copa del Rey. Not exactly. And yeah, but and this also, team, particularly with a team yeah, yeah. In, in transition and basically okay. a team who didn't have any defence. Because that's the point. This time last year, we were making the point about Martino that he wanted to sign at least one centre back and couldn't see any value at all in the market. So he said, "Okay, I'm going to, I've got a two-year contract. The first season, we're going to make do with what we can. With what we can here. Next, next, next summer, I'm going to sign a proper centre back, and, and we'll see some defending from Barcelona, some actual proper, some results." I, I think he's, um, he's a bit chance of course he but that, that's good right Yes, bit, he, because Bielsa is not a pragmatist he's, he's the the arch-idealist and, and, and Martino comes from that school but he's prepared as, as Peter mentions particularly with Paraguay being a good example um, he's prepared to when he needs to to use the tools at his disposal to play an entirely different way and also get
4: the results so I it's think he's like got that versatility uh, seeing w- w- the players he, he, he's got and, and in, depending on the players he Builds the, the the way the, the team will play uh, in order I think uh, news had a, had good players but he tried to put an idea and players were convinced and that's the best way to mm-hmm. uh, for for a team to play to to be to to uh, the, the manager or the, the sorry the coach to be to have the, his idea put into the into the field and, mm-hmm. and he of course he, he managed to do it in news not uh, that perhaps Paraguay was more the results than the play, the, or the, the 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 quality, and and, and Barcelona. Well, they, I think he 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 arrived to Barcelona
1: in the best, the, the, not the best moment, because players had already won anything. Everything. And, was, and also they were aging. I mean, look at Spain in the World Cup. We saw yeah. how Xavi and, so and Iniesta and Pujol, who was injured for most of the season, we saw. The effect on Spain as well. That that team was aging; it was in decline. Yeah. And correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. He took over when the previous manager had the cancer. Was yeah. it yeah. Yeah. So the season had already started or was about to start, wasn't it? It, so it was.
0: He, he took over before the season started, but like he didn't week have. Or so yeah. so he had, so had no pre-season,
1: something. and they gave him a team with no centre-backs or with one centre-back because yeah. Pujol was yeah. injured. Yeah. Um, and I don't think even if uh, who would you say was the great manager? And Mourinho or Van Gaal yeah, took yeah, over yeah. at that point. I don't think they would have done any better. Mm. And you know, I think it's really unfair to judge him on that. Yes, eight the, months he, was he a suffered a lot
4: in co- press conferences with journalists uh, asking him questions that as, he, as if he were a, a, a rookie and, and journalists were like the expert. The, the, the well, yeah. I think that was
3: the um, problem: is that the negativity surrounding his appointment. I mean, the amount of articles. Of like this, who have Barcelona appointed? As if, as if he was an absolute nobody was amazing. That that was the, the the European press's view of the appointment, and I think he never really shook that off, even with the great start that you mentioned. Yeah, but they, I, they still were. Like, um,
2: no, no, absolutely. I think he was never given proper credit. Neil made a great point about you know taking over from Villanova when the club was in a bit of an emotional wreck. Didn't have the defence. Uh, there were stories about how a lot of the, the players there were sort of quite surprised, to put it lightly, uh, of his very sort of old school training uh, routines and tactics. But at the same time, he said I think he, you know he started so strongly, and he was never he was never taken on board, never given that chance. And you know everyone says, oh, Messi had a dreadful season. He scored forty-one goals in fifty-one games. So he was injured for a lot. it, was, was me as well. It, yeah, or he, he picked something. up the injury, and you know fifty-one games, forty-one goals, mm. still pretty pretty reasonable numbers. And the Samson, you know, close to all of the titles. So um, it, it's strange how how strong the uh, the backlash is against him. But at the same time, today I saw that he he admitted, he said, it was. I was a complete disaster in Barcelona, so it's, <laughs> uh, you know, I wonder how much he's, got, he's just kind of, just trying to... A little bit of self-criticism. Uh, self but also right? just get rid of it and just not talk about it anymore, and, and from his point of view you say, right, I learned from that experience. Um, you know, maybe, and, and actually I just wonder that we mentioned he was handed this this situation at Barcelona. It took a long time to finalise the contract with Afra, and I wonder whether that's Part of the experience, maybe said, "Hang on, I'm not just taking on, yeah. not signing just anything here." And this is the I'm other thing I'm going to say: you know, this
0: is I'm only doing these conditions. And one and of we'll the sticking this, that, that. points, of course, which is another thing that's that promising to, uh, to to discuss, and that possibly our listeners will be a little more uh, interested in than the majority of world football fans is that one of the sticking points in the contract negotiations was how the youth teams were going to be run. Um, Martino wanted to bring in his own man I can't remember the name now but it's the guy who's in charge of the youth teams at Newell's at the moment um, he wanted to bring him in straight away the AFA have a contract with the current under 20 manager to run the youth site. the current under 20 manager um, the surname of the current under 20 manager is Grondona. the first name is Julio um, <laughs> no, the, no and it's and not 20, it's Umberto, sorry Julio is, is the Arsenal de Sarandee president it's easy to get them mixed up um, Umberto. Um, And, unfortunately, Umberto, being the man who failed to take the reigning champions to the last World Youth Cup and to the last Olympic Games, after they'd won two of those in a row, um, has got his contract until the qualification for the next World Youth Cup and Olympic Games is over. Which means, if they do qualify, he's going to take them to next year's World Youth Cup. If they don't, then the new man comes in, Martino's man, and doesn't have very much to do. Uh, But Martino, specifically um Wants to Manage Argentina In the Olympics Apparently it, It's one of his This he, was he, the he, system With Paraguay at Paraguay, he was able to basically oversee absolutely everything in yeah. a sort of um, Peckerman kind of way, I guess. Um, and if he stays for longer than just one World Cup cycle, that's got to be promising for the future, right? I mean, yeah. even if he stays for a World Cup cycle, that's four years and it's a good time to lay down some roots in those terms. It's,
2: it's exactly, what he did at Paraguay is exactly the whole thing that we've we all, we've all read you know, in many articles about Barcelona, which is just the very simple idea of having... Uh, continuity between the coaches in the coaching system so that you don't have the under 18s playing differently to the under 16s and, and as the first and um, and that's basically what um, Argentina hasn't been doing did used to do under Peckerman and, mm-hmm. and Tokali and, uh, and they slightly lost their way when, when they moved on so so yeah, hopefully this is a good move for Argentina in the as you said, very sort of global sense. But
4: if he's the coach of, of the uh, Olympic team uh, for the Rio de Janeiro 2016, that would mean to put a, a whole a whole new team because uh, I, I think all the players that have uh, have played for uh, Argentina in the World Cup are uh, um, more 24 than 24. Was the youngest? Yeah. yeah, but that's a good thing, right? That I means that he's looking at
0: younger players as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's
3: the future. sort of possibly the best thing mm. the best news that's come out of it. I mean a lot of people, like you said, are a bit on the fence with the actual appointment of Martina, but the potential shake up of the of the youth system is, is great because that's been something which people have been hitting Argentina with um after not winning this World Cup, saying, Well this was the last chance of the of the, the golden generation, generation. Yeah. um and the youth teams coming through are a crap in comparison yeah, yeah, yeah. with, um, with the thing.
0: The youth teams coming through just don't have Lionel Messi playing in the attack. Well, some that, <laughs> that and actually being crap. Like, they're going to be worse by definition of not having Messi. They, the don't a, oh, they don't have a they don't have a player
3: like Messi, one in a generation type player, and they also, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, managed by someone ill qualified to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think bringing in some coaches and, like Giles said, having a structure which runs the whole way through, all the way up to the first team. Is going to be hugely beneficial, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think I speak from conversations that me and you've had, Sam, not on the podcast, not quite so doom and gloom about <laughs> um, Argentina's production of
4: players as some people
1: are. Sure. Do you think yeah, um, Bilado's resignation? Was he Did he jump or was he... Was but he, it
4: wasn't a, a resignation. There's, he, no, there's no one who's going to push in, in in You don't, you app don't app
1: think that was part of Martino getting in, the job, he set I that as a condition? I,
0: I think it was, yeah, but I don't think that he jumped. Uh, sorry, I don't think he was pushed as such, because I don't think there's anybody in the new look, post Julio Rondona, AFA, who is big enough to push Carlos Spinaloa. I think he's the, the only one... Right, yeah, I do. I do, completely. I, I think that yes. Pinaloa looked at it and said, OK, if this guy's coming in, if he's the best manager... Bilal is not my favourite person I think he's only my favourite person um, but, but I think that he's uh, Enough of a, a person To to look and say okay, If the new guy coming in doesn't want me Then I'm, I- I'm going to go I think mm-hmm. it's more of that than anything Because I can't imagine Luis Segura And certainly not Julito Grandona <laughs> Going to him and saying You're yeah. out In the way that, that Julio Grandona could have done yeah. um, if But wouldn't him. have done <laughs> No, exactly, no, wouldn't have done, but, uh, but could have done if he wanted. Yeah. Anyway, we are aware, uh, by the way, that when we talk about a new Argentina manager coming in, there's an enormous, hulking grey elephant in the room. We're yeah. going to talk about him uh, a little bit later, because we've had a listener's question about that elephant. Um, it's a, a black and white striped elephant, in case anybody's still a bit confused about what I'm talking about. Um, for, now, yes. I uh, for now... Yes, for now... We, we need a refill. So listen to this lovely music, listeners, um, and we shall be back in a couple of minutes time, well, a, a couple of minutes for us and a few seconds for you um, to get on with some more stuff, some more domestic stuff. stuff is that uh, this is a new look after, as we've said a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, Um, and that means that there's no guiding hand, there's nobody who's going to be 100% secure and say, this is what I want to happen, so this is what's happening, which means inevitably that there are lots of different interests coming into play and that we don't really know what's happening from one week to the next. We discussed last week the format of the championship that we were going to be transitioning into and we talked about how that was initially supposed to be going into a 30-team year-long tournament starting next February and, by the the time we recorded last week, was going to be a 30-team season-long tournament starting next August after two transitional tournaments. What has now emerged since is that the AFRA are discussing... This, this this irritated the the lower divisions somewhat because it meant that essentially they were going to be playing the transitional uh, the first half sorry of next year for no reason whatsoever or the transitional uh, tournaments next year for no reason because no one was going to get promoted or relegated. Um, so what the AFA have now decided to do is no relegation from the Primera next season, but two promotions at the end of the 2014 15 season, which will actually be. The 2014 season, which will last until December, followed by the 2015 season, which will last from February until uh, June or or May. In fact, because no one's pointed out that the Copa America happens in June, so they, they can't continue the season <laughs> until. The, but anyway, um, which means that uh, in one year's time, from from this week presumably, we're going to be discussing the second or possibly second and third and fourth because they're going to have to fit them in so rapidly. Um, rounds of a 32-team championship. Potentially, potentially one that pits everybody against everybody else home and away. In other words... Just so many games. 62 rounds of 15 match of 16 matches. (laughs) At which point, Hand of Pod might cease to exist because the only thing I'll have any time to do when I'm not sleeping is play football manager and write betting previews. Because how the fuck do you fit 62 rounds of 15 games into a year which has 52 weeks (laughs) and where you don't play for a month in the winter and you're not allowed to play by the players' union for at least a month and a half in the summer
2: yeah yeah, how does
0: this work yeah it's going to be difficult (laughs) you're left with 52 minus what call it 10 maybe 42 weeks to fit in 62 rounds of games, plus international breaks It's, it's Plus going, the Copa America, it's which brusque. is going to affect the next season as well, because there's another one in 2016.
4: Almost all the season will be uh, midweek. week uh, new? But then yeah.
0: what happens to the uh,
2: continental? Yes, like the Copa Island. America,
4: and then we are another Copa America in 2016.
0: But not just the Copa America. He's talking about the Libertadores. And so the, so the
1: Libertadores again? Yeah. yeah, This, I, this could really. Um, finish off Argentine football I mean it can't last, it's last I mean, a some, of someone yeah, at AFA, the, the inheritance Grondon has left is that someone is going to have to change all this is going to be left for, you know, having to tell all those lower clubs that you know we can't do this I mean I can't see any other solution I just can't see it happening there, there is
4: something which is obvious and is said which is change war is not good not war is good the number of teams was good was the, the normal, and they are changing that not about the, the, the yeah, average, yeah. that the, the yeah. promedios how it's said yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they changed the, only the, the 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 format of the of the championship and the number of, of teams, mm-hmm. not the the what was, uh, he, he previously uh, uh, created to protect big teams which was not s- that successful because for example River <laughs> re- re- was relegated, but uh, <coughs> that was Demanded a lot of time to, well, to quit the, 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 the average, the promedios. They are still there, and, and, and they, they are, in fact, they will play within zones, in groups, or, or not. Because 32 teams, it's hilarious. They have to play like a, it's the same amount of teams as a World Cup. Like I said. Who the fuck even knows, Andres? Uh, we will talk about <laughs> this
0: as it develops from week to week, but I just wanted to mention that it had happened. The next thing is, perhaps, just perhaps, this next Candicho of Argentine football, the man who can stand up to the big clubs or the small clubs and tell them, no, you're being stupid, sit down, might be possibly Juan Sebastián Verón. Do we think? He's a very diplomatic person. And he, today, has officially announced that he is going to stand for president of Estudiantes de la Plata. You mean the, I think today. today.
2: That's
0: exciting. Says it right here. It was in an encounter with journalists in La Plata. Oh. The elections will be on the 28th of September. Did I um, not have a correspondent there? We should have sent someone down.
4: Well, if you want the job, Joel... <laughs> I would have... Uh, I, I didn't know. I didn't, I no you have why, access though. to a car, which... which you puts se- you immediately. I must tell you that, that there are 70 kilometres from here to La Plata, so if you want to go there and be the president. Well, you've interviewed him, of course, Joel,
2: so... Uh, I have, yeah, yeah everyone knew for a long time... that. Um, no, no, no
0: special access I guarantee that but, um, <laughs> but everyone knew for a long time That he was going to move into to, As a director We have which, mentioned on last week's under Pod That there were posters That went up in La Plata last week yeah. um, No, but I'm talking about like, A good few even. years ago I mean, he's always
2: been He's always he's, As a player For the last few years When he returned us to the He already essentially had a
0: yeah. Director's role. And he really. said many times, yeah, I'm yeah. never going to be manager. If I do do anything with the club after after I retire from playing, it'll be. But it's going to be very difficult. interesting. He's very
2: sharp, very well connected, very respected, lots of power already. Uh, and yeah, and it's he's not going to be a club player. I mean, he'll definitely
0: win. Exactly. No one has any doubts about, about the place the club holds in his heart, too. That's the other thing, because he's spent yeah. most of his playing career in Europe sending back portions of his paychecks to pay for exactly youth training facilities, first team training facilities, um,
2: all that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. No, he, um, plus, he's not River of so that's fine to be AFFA president. The only thing to be AFFA is he it needs four years yeah. as uh, as president, right, not Bias when he's going as president. So well, fine. yeah, we're
0: not talking about him standing next year, but maybe... No, that's no, interesting. Well, no, no, so I, I, I did not it. have been informed last day, very, I,
3: I mean, the Spilliantis are not a, a minnow. No, exactly. by any by any stretch of the imagination and it, it, I think it would be great anyway just to have Verón involved in, mm. in and also discussions he's, I mean, he's, he's it, always know.
2: highlighted Manchester United and, and a couple of the other clubs but particularly Manchester United in the way it was organised he said this is what um, uh, we have to bring to Argentine football so he's someone who's played a long time in Europe and very respectful while at the same time very much understanding the Criollo way and, and what happens and what the reality of Argentine football is so he could be a really interesting
4: person I think the advantage, he, the advantage he has is that he has no rival because he's the mm-hmm. idol of Estudiantes yeah. River for example has Ortega Beto Francescoli, and well you, you can name yeah. a lot of mention a lot of uh, idols and whereas in Beron's case when they won the Libertadores in
0: 2009 Sabela who was of course the manager of that yes. team stood up after the game and said this guy is the most important player in the history of the club and absolutely nobody disagreed in spite of the fact that this guy's dad had won two Copley Ventadoras, or three Copley Ventadoras in the late 70s. Late 70s or late 80s? No, no. 60s. Late 60s, late sorry. My dick is mixed up. Uh, late 60s. Yeah. Um, and nobody had anything to say against that statement. Uh, it's astonishing. Um, so we shall see. As we say, the elections are going to be the 28th of September. Um, so we'll be back in, in a month oh, and a half to tell you how he's done. It's really yeah. soon. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now That moves us very nicely into As we say The domestic side of things The league Because we did have A round of league matches This weekend just gone um, It was an interesting round It was the first weekend of the season So for a lot of the clubs as well It was the first time That we got anything like A demonstration of how They're going to play this season Because so many of the Preseason friendlies At this time of year um, Are not televised or anything uh, So we didn't really get to see How many of the non-big clubs Were playing And I think there were some surprising results. I think it's fair to say. Obviously, it's in my interest to say so because Mystic Sound. Godoy Cruz, having had the worst winter transfer break possible, during which they lost basically their entire squad plus the manager um, and were left with a board of directors and a couple of kids, uh, managed to beat Banfield, who convincingly won the Bay Nacional last season. 3 uh, nil. Rosario Central beat Quilmes 3 1 in the later game on Friday. In Defensa Justicia hosted Racing in their first ever Primera match. They scored a goal, but unfortunately they were already 3 0 down by the point that they did so. Diego Milito scoring on his return to Racing, and Gabriel Alcha getting the first two of those. Independiente beat Atletico Rafaela 3 0. And looking very impressive, I thought, I must say. Peter, please with that one. Yeah, well, obviously. Yeah, very much so. I mean, obviously, Rafaela were dreadful for basically the entire Donal final. But yeah, and they still look rather <laughs> shaky.
3: Uh, let's, not, let's not forget, chances, by the way, this yeah. is
0: another point. As, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's very possible if the the plan that I was talking about a few weeks ago, a few minutes ago, happens, that everybody who's currently in the Premier is guaranteed two straight seasons. Because if there are no relegations at the end of this mm-hmm. season. Yeah, do you, going to be do you think to that
1: like. could possibly lower the level? I, mean, I was putting an well, it friggin. Friggin.
0: on the other hand, it yeah. could. It could take some of the pressure off some of the teams who are currently yeah. sweating over the Promedio One, and, they, and make them think, oh, you know what, we're going to go out and attack. Yeah, well, I was thinking
3: the same <coughs> thing. Way. Watching Independiente <coughs> this week, this last event, so, and I think it was a, a, a pattern which followed in a lot of the teams. Independiente's team was very inexperienced. I mean, mm. I th- when I looked at the 14 players, including the three subs that came on. The average age was 23. Nine of the 14 were 22 or under.
0: And Pizzini well, scored his fourth goal in three competitive matches. Yeah, he yeah. came off the bench. Playoff Who, who's at the, the end of last been? season against Oracan. Two, Two in them. the Copa. He's 36. He yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. was <laughs> like the one old, really old player. That's right, yeah, of course.
0: The, right, yeah, actually, let's do this. Independiente starting 11 on Saturday. Diego Rodriguez in goal, we've all heard of him, yeah? Yeah. Good. Nestor at uh, right back. He's 18. Christian... No, he's... No, he's... <laughs> <Nadler's laughs> playing a three, with three yeah. at the back. Oh, right, okay, so right centre-back. Christian Tula, who we, we all know. Yeah, him who he massively brings the average out. Yeah. So, Jorge Figal. Who I think 20. F-I-G-A-L. And then across midfield, we have Alexis Sarathy. 21 or something. I Jesus think he was
4: Mendes involved in that rape case. The, no, oh, yeah, yeah. Zarate right. yeah. is the one who had a problem with the girl. And... Yeah, right. that's what Peter just said. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Uh, Jesus Mendes. He's nothing of... to do with
1: the other the Zaratis at West Ham. Yeah, is right. he, he part of the dynasty? No, no, no. Uh, I think, think not. Uh, no.
0: um, Jesus Mendes, so we've heard of Federico Manquecio, who we've heard of. Lucas Vichalba, who's not related to the Vichalbas at San Lorenzo no. or Field or the other ones. Um, Matias Pisano. Yeah. yeah Everyone yeah. it was Claudio Reagno Of course Who was making his debut Right After yeah. signing from Boca And Juan Martín Lucero Who I think scored the first goal No No he yeah, scored the third, third goal In fact he was making his debut as well Yeah um, And yeah. then the three substitutes Were Francisco Pizzini Who as I say Scored his fourth goal In three competitive games If we include at the end of last season um, Rafael Barrios How old are you Peter Tell us
3: I put a wager on him being one of another one of the people who's under twenty-one. And Franco
4: 20. Biloc Yeah, and he's twenty-one. He played for the national Bay Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember that. He's day. another youngster. Yeah. What well, about um, German Mont- Montoya He's not a youngster, is he? No, <laughs> no oh, he's He's no. about there, <laughs> forty. Yeah, he's a hell something. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. um, I didn't even know he was still around. Yeah. the day there. That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> I've
0: got to connect to that <laughs> yeah. uh, River and Boca ooh, sorry as I dropped my pen there River and Boca, as ever we we shall leave till last to discuss um, Arsenal beat Estudiantes 2-1 with a late-ish goal after being 1-0 behind Estudiantes looked really awful in, in the second half of that especially uh, the first half was just bad from both teams um, Tigre lost narrowly at home to Vélez 1-0 and last night or well not last night but Wednesday evening kicked off at 6 o'clock uh, which, by Argentine standards, is, is an early evening, if anything, um, was uh, there was an early goal from Silvio Romero, which meant that Lanús beat Belgrano 1-0. In another, I missed nearly all of the game, but I heard afterwards that it was pretty bad and that I hadn't missed very much. Um, but, crucially, it's very big for Lanús' confidence, because they had lost the rec opposite Americano over two legs from Atlético Mineiro, and they'd lost the Saruga Bank trophy, that highly prestigious thing that they were forced to fly all the way to Japan and that Japanese teams always win between the winners of the the, the Silverman Khan and the champions of the Japanese League. And they got knocked out of the Copa Argentina by Cologne. Oh, and that as well of course. So, a win, even though it was a not particularly impressive performance for Lanús, could work wonders for them. And now we need to get on, of course, as ever, to River, Plate and Boca Juniors. And as we do, before we get on to how they played, Joel, uh, has a bit of a rant to make about um, uh, yeah. a few days ago uh, Alejandro Sabella and I didn't hear about this at all it was done by That's the time I saw your email is. To, yeah, yeah, how Alejandro ridiculous Sabella it is. Was, was linked with the Boca Juniors job which by the way listeners is not currently vacant Yeah, exactly. No, I, I don't feel as strongly as I did when I emailed you all but
2: um, I did still do feel quite strongly about this so um, the rumour was up and running I saw it late in the evening and it was dismissed by 11am by the Torneos Boca correspondent. Which is why I missed it, because I got up a few hours. So basically, yeah, it, it, it lasted for all about 10 hours, and, and it's just wrong on many levels. Uh, there we're only one game into the season, Bianchi's still in work, um, Bianchi's still Bianchi, so regardless of, of what happens at Boca over the next coming months or whatever, he is the greatest coach, most successful coach well, in the in there. In their, well, sure, but but you know the point is, you these kind of coaches I think deserve and certainly earn um, a, a certain degree of respect about how it's dealt with if they're eventually sacked. So just this whole behind the scenes thing, just to even suggest that, even just to filter whether there were uh, conversations with Sabella or not, is. Um, is distasteful. I think, and, and it has then, to be said. And then with this that, is
0: the press. This is not Sabella's parties because when no, 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 As continue. soon as Sabella's well, agent this was is asked it. about it, he said it's impossible. Well, exactly. And this is it. Sabella's estudiantes Sabella's,
2: Sabella's, uh, and River Plate. He's on the record saying he would never coach Gimnasia because of his La- La- his estudiantes uh, connections. And I'd be happy to wager that he's exactly the same for Boca. Uh, not to say it's impossible. I mean, Minotti you know, went there. Bilardo. Uh, what was it was um, a. No, 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 but I mean, De Stefano
0: is the, is, the, is the, the example. So it's not impossible, but I just don't don't see it at all. Plus, sorry, it I, I, just occurred to, Plus- to me while you were talking that uh, some listeners might find that a slightly cryptic reference. Um, Alfredo De Stefano, for those who don't know, is the only person ever to manage both River Plate and Boca Juniors to D V C División titles. Exactly And they were sure. the only two Primarily If mm-hmm. on titles He won his term as manager I think it's right yeah, But yeah, yeah. But, um, and, and just
2: And then you know, Very final point Just that He's just come off Just left the Argentina job I mean Would he really mm-hmm. want to go into The pressure pot of Boca Taking over from Bianchi Plus he's got I just, don't see, I just don't see it at all yeah, so He didn't have the and energy He's got do How do do. many yeah. European yeah. sides yeah. Not just so, the,
3: Not just the pressure And like having the energy But I just think His stock has risen with, the, with, yeah, with what's happened yeah, in the yeah. World Cup I mean I think he didn't do his reputation any harm in getting Argentina to the final and, and the way that he took over Argentina at a point when they were rather disjointed he, he created a system which got the best out of Messi etc we've talked about it for weeks and weeks yeah, yeah. but no disrespect to Boca, but at, he's not going to go I don't think from that job and then take sure. a job domestically, I think, if he was going to move into management.
0: His next management job, apart from it, first of all, will be one that allows him to to play let's say, uh, to manage a, a higher level, in inverted commerce than the Argentine League. And secondly, it should, because he deserves it, be a job that allows him to never work again. And ideally, it allows his children to never work again. If you, if you get my meaning, you know, like he, he wasn't—he was something like the the fifteenth highest-paid manager at the World Cup, for instance. We're not talking about a, a, a league which can afford to, to, to pay play a lot, but the, the work that he's done so far as manager is, is superb. Um, getting on to the matches themselves, uh, Bocker had not well. I think what, that... What so Talking ha- talk about Bianchi yes. as a, as a favoured and a big name... And the in of Bianchi, the I think Spanish I think, governor. Governor.
4: I think that, that what Boca is asking is not for a manager change, but a president change. And well, that as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and Because uh, they were like, when you do things in a way, not in a straight way, <coughs> it's uh, remarkable. And in this case, they they didn't want me and they were all the time saying, yes, we are going to meet with Riquelme. I saw something magnificent on Twitter a few days ago, which I think was tweeted by uh,
0: Federico Muñoz, who came on here once, uh, and never replies to our emails anymore, but he's the, um, the one of the, the main editors at La Twitter Twittera, um, and he retweeted a, a tweet from Mauricio Macri from the day that the current Boca president, whose name I forget, someone remind me Angelisi Angelisi of course Angelisi. I'm not forget that from the day that Angelisi won the election uh, Macri of course who is the current mayor of Buenos Aires and is is, is the, the former president of Boca Juniors was president of Boca when they won all those Copas Libertadores at the start of the century um, saying uh, and, and Angelisi is very much his man yeah. and, and Macri, Macri tweets him and says um Congratulations to Daniela Anacalisi for winning the presidency. He's going to put Boca back where they deserve to be. And Fede tweeted this on Sunday, right after the result against Newell's Old Boys, which was a 1-0 defeat. And more importantly than the result, the performance. Because this is what we always say when you're looking at a team in transition, the, the, the performance is always more important than the result. And the performance from Boca on Sunday was... Uh, one of you say it because I don't want to It's going to sound like bias coming from a River fan Well, it was dreadful but, um, And you do have to look at it You talk about transition though
2: Bianchi came in when Ramon Diaz came in at, at River Indeed. Ramon Diaz has been gone winning a league title And Bocca haven't got going at all And you can say, right, the whole Raquelmi thing has, has overshadowed everything But he, Bianchi, with all the power that he has given this reputation and given his history at the club he hasn't been able to, to To and so maybe this is what Andres was talking about in terms of the directors maybe that's where the problem is but at the same time I find it difficult to, to quite buy into this um, that it's that he doesn't have the responsibility as well which is I'm trying to say earlier that you know yeah. he's got a great history but it's not working and, it, and he's been uh, there for a, how long now? And yeah, well, well, um, Crucially
3: that's uh, several transfer uh, windows yeah, and exactly. he's brought in a lot of his own players some of which he brought in and let go in the same time which shows a huge amount of uncertainty
0: first of all as Joe quite rightly says the Riquelme thing overshadows everything at Boca and if one manager is going to come into Boca and have the influence and, and the the popular support from the fans to say we can't rely on this guy anymore yeah he's great when he plays but he plays once every four matches we've got to try and build a team that can play in a different way it's Bianchi and he didn't do that yeah. and the yeah. other thing is that as Peter says he's, he's consistently undermined the squad in, in the time that he's, he's been in charge Ed Malian tweeted to me during the match this might be the worst Bocker starting 11 I've ever seen in my life and after looking at it and I'll read the starting 11 out in a second the front two on paper uh, not bad But the rest of the team Is Iffy Let's say In goal Agustin Orion No complaints there I think Even if we we're Walker fans um, Third choice oh, Third, third oh, yeah, choice the World Cup keeper. squad and, and nobody said Anything about that it, it, as, as I've said Many times before It's a league with A lot of Very good goalkeepers In it uh, Much more than Outfield players I think um, And Orion's as good As any of them And then a uh, Back four of Hernán Grana new signing Lisandro magasham Daniel Diaz who came from Getafe but has not been that, that good for them but he's not been that bad let's not forget Magassan is replacing yes. Matias Carruzzo no, who was the penalty Kat, machine that's Cata Diaz he must be yeah. quite old now yeah, well. so yeah, yeah. 34 yeah. or 35 uh, Nawal Sarate a left back who has been mm, fairly average he's only young but still Midfield of Cristian Herbes, Fernando Gago, Federico Bravo and Federico Carrizo. Gago, Gago... Um, G- Gago's been shit since yeah. he came back to Argentina, what, a year and a half ago, two years ago? Right, that's interesting. Because and the other three... Who are they? Mm. What, what, what Bravo were you saying, apart sure. their Boca Juniors midfielders, yeah, in but, the current era of Boca Juniors, And oh, a front to Juan yeah. Manuel Martinez and Emmanuel Gigliotti, which is, yeah... They're good. They they didn't have the service the other day, and they're not going to get the service from that team. Um, but in and of themselves, they're, they're fine. I the I went nine players yeah. behind them. Well, the eight the eight outfield players behind them, because as we say, Orión's fine as well. This is a Boca Juniors team yeah. that doesn't sound like a Boca Juniors team, does
1: it? I, I went to the Boca game. With, it's the only match i really can speak about. It's the only one I saw at the weekend, and I went with an old friend who's a big Boca Juniors fan. Uh, who I used to go with a few years ago and I was quite shocked by how much lower mm-hmm. the standard was. Because um, when I used to go, they used to have um, Palacio and Palermo up front with uh, Guillermo Shilotto who, who was on the bench because Palacio was keeping him out of the team. Mm. and. Gago was very interesting because Gago was really good when he first started playing at Boca and it, his career's not taken off, has it, really? He, he didn't play in Madrid much, did he? No. And I, I wonder now, my, my friend was suggesting that maybe we didn't realise it at the time it was that Gago was actually playing in a very good team that made him perhaps look better than he really is. I, I don't know well, what you think that. This is that. the
0: thing, that when, when Fernando Gago was sold to Madrid, a lot of Boca fans the attitude was okay we've got a, a lot of money for him by Argentine mm-hmm. Tunders especially and we've got this other kid coming up who's even better and that was Evo Van I mean, okay, yeah. and I don't think we've seen anything from either of those two players' careers since that's to right that Evo Van Eger in fact wasn't a lot better than Fernando Gaibo in spite of the fact that Evo Van Eger clearly has a screw loose <laughs> and he's not the most mentally intelligent player in terms of how he's managed his career since and, and the clubs he's been to and yeah his, his form in the first half of this year wasn't Brilliant, and uh, some of this uh, mentalness has perhaps translated into the rumored reasons for him not getting a place in the World Cup squad. But still, Gago. And Gago yeah, was Gago, really without being, poor without being a, without a Sunday, bad player. Really, yeah, he was very, very.
3: Oh, yeah, I saw yeah. uh, Diego Maradona said it the worst. Not that I put much substance in Diego, so I just want to that record. But he said it was the worst. Game of the, Gago's career or something.
2: Yeah, he did. He did, wow. and, and it was it was very poor. But I mean, Gago. I'm, I'm not gonna. I did go down and I did put my name next to an article which said which said that um, Gago was one of the most important players for us to the team at, at the well, World well, Cup. When you, when so when you so you I'm not going
0: to be. I'm going to stand by. it. When you say you put your name next, to it you mean you wrote it, right? <laughs> 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 they're, they're not <laughs> <a> ghostwriters. <freak. laughs> That's <laughs> what I was driving. So. But, but it's strange
2: because he hasn't, had a, he hasn't done well since he came back from Europe. In Europe he didn't settle as, he, as was expected. And, and Neil, it's an interesting point that you're making about how maybe he, he looked better in that Boca side than, than he maybe was. And yet, in the qualifiers, Gaga was very important for Argentina. Oh, I, see yeah, I hadn't seen no, that. I thought he yeah. was and, boring uh, well, well, in the World Cup as well, but I hadn't seen that. Based on, based on the qualifiers, eyes. we went with the line that he was one of the most important players for them because... Yeah. Because he just balanced, he was the man it, who was balanced with giving him so messing. well. Yeah, he just brings something completely different yeah. in terms yeah. of the range of passing. And when Gago is on form, he's a spectacular player with, I mean, great passing. Yeah, I remember. But him. Yeah. but the but the I mean his
0: performance levels have been so poor in the last six Six getting, months or so. Eighteen, I'd say eighteen, because even when he had, when, when he came back to Veles for yeah. well, sorry, when he went to Bellas. injured he back, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's very angry, very fast. What, what
2: was, he like, he, pocket, sorry. What was yeah. he like at Benin? He was equally poor. No, yeah. sorry, he was injured. He was injured the whole. Day. I think that,
4: well, that's that is wild. the key. Yeah, he, no yes, he, play. play. he played like one game. And and he looks like he's getting angry very fast with his teammates and yeah. his rivals. He's like all the time like, this gesture. Like he's not co- not comfortable. And but do you know? Do you want to know why I say that? Boca needs a change of of old members. I. Today I heard the news that they had bought a, a defender called Thiago Casasola from Huracan in oh, 2012 yeah, and for seven seven thousand hundred dollars, and now they have. Oh, no. s- Sorry, yeah, you're a, right. Yeah, seven hundred thousand. Sorry, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah And now he, he he they sold sold him, resold him with no. He didn't uh, have played a, a minute in, in the Primera the first division, they sold them to Fulham from England for (laughs) $600,000, less money than they had. And
0: and it's been put out as, well, they've made some good money there for the financial year on a kid who's never played for the Primera. They've lost $100,000 on him in in two years, (laughs) it's it's brilliant. Uh, Fernando Gago, by the way, is 28 years old.
3: No, but I mean just about
0: two years younger than the biggest. Just about John.
3: Thank you
2: beaver, yes up No, no, I mean I, I I I wrote similar and I think
3: go, lit, thinking back to had a pod recordings... Pre- no no no, pre- no, no World, I'm not I'm not denying the no, no, World no, 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 yeah. Cup that he was a pre World Cup player, We said but, exactly the same. And I think um, in that pre World, World, World Cup squad there was such a distinct role, which yeah. Which, which Argentina found difficult to replace but is actually, but is still quite a simple role hmm. meaning it was essentially sit alongside Mascherano and get, and get the ball to Messi, Messi. Yeah. at Boca it's completely different well it's in the Boca
0: not been absolutely one consistent thing either Fianchi no. at a couple of points last season played him as a number 10 yeah exactly Gomes, I, mean, and, I mean what the fuck are you thinking
3: replacing Regalmo was ridiculous I mean to put him that far forward, but even now, when you, you named but, the box in the, the field, was like, well, who are the other people? Yeah. Gago, well, then. We, we know all the names, but
0: can you think of anything really good that yeah, has they're not done?
2: They're not names on the market that people are looking at to scientists. No, I mean, no, no, no. Christian Herbes was one of them, actually, but, um, but no,
0: it's not, it's, it's far from vintage, for sure. And the but other point is that last season, even when we were talking about Gago being key for Argentina, we were still. Qualifying that with, even though he's shit at the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> like we were under the impression that he was, he was really good domestically. Plus, that Bocca Jr. last season weren't like,
3: even that good, but mm. they Sorry, were well. better than this yeah. very, very, very version with Raquel May in that yeah. midfield and Sanchez Mignon. If, if Bocca Jr. is the a,
0: a, 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 a man lying prone on the floor at the, at the moment, moment, or better said, if Bocca Jr. is a, a, a black man walking towards us with their hands above their heads and we're the Ferguson police force, I don't come want to shoot that. <laughs> And I, 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 I want to I stop laying into them right now um, And just point out that we haven't even mentioned the result of the match yet It was a 1-0 win for Newell's Old Boys And the reason that I mentioned at the very beginning of this discussion uh, That a famous surname came back to haunt Boca Juniors Is that a debutante, an 18-year-old and 11-day debutante uh, Called Tebes, scored the winning goal for Newell's Old Boys The only goal of the match It was fantastically taken um, he was playing wide on the right of a Newell's four-three-three, a very Martino-like formation. From what is funny yesterday. about
4: this guy is that when they Mauricio, they, by the way, they do, name. they do, they obviously do the interview after the match, and of course it was him because he scored the goal. And they asked him how how was that he he shot on that 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 uh, target, and he said, "No, I never shot on target. I always do the pass to, the, to the, my teammate." and he was like, Well, I, I, I saw the space and shot. Mm. Something like that. It like, was a casualty. Yeah. I think, no, as well, a great the, from the
0: fact well that. Well, outside it, the box and quite an angle as well. Yeah, across, yeah. Across the Do you fact, think the goalkeeper should have got it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, When I first saw like, it, I, just, was I was thought. That's a got got to 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 the the great start,
3: show. With the replay, I thought, there's a question mark. But I think with it being another 18 year old making his debut this season that was what brought me back to my point that I made with Independiente is another team obviously Newell's have a reputation of bringing through young players but the turn Transición with there being basically no repercussions yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: is an opportunity and I think we're going to see it a it's lot this go. season because River did the same we'll, we'll get into that but yeah. lots of these teams are seeing this as a great opportunity just to bed in all these youngsters give them the opportunity because yeah. they're not even it's not before like contributing to the Premier yeah, it yeah, means yeah. absolutely nothing and That's assuming yeah. 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 yeah.
0: this thing about no relegation actually gets voted through by the way the But even then, it be this, this
3: season it. at least would be nothing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah This half yeah. season, yeah, yeah. As, as, it,
3: as it stands, uh, uh, there. So regardless right? yeah. of the future, this at least that, six what, months
4: What are you going to buy? River went to ask for Izquierdo, Colombian guy from Once Caldas, And they asked 10 million dollars Hmm. So it's impossible to buy anything. For Argentine
0: club, of course, for Argentine, mm. for Argentine yeah, yeah. generally and for clubs, it's just as difficult. It's very hard to get hold of dollars. Yeah, financially, so you almost have, a, a have to shop domestically at the moment. Yeah, unless you sell a player outside for X number of dollars. Since we mentioned Riquelme, sorry, Neil. Since we mentioned Riquelme. Uh, very briefly during that Boca discussion He scored on his debut for Argentinos in the B He scored the only goal of the game They won 1-0 against Boca <laughs> Isn't that funny? Boca Unidos mm. um, It was a very well taken goal But even more so than Tevez's against Boca <laughs> Juniors um, It was perhaps one which the goalkeeper Really should have kept out It was a dipping shot from outside the box So in some way a bit similar um, But he's up and running for Argentinos And now Gimnasia versus River Plate The only game that we've not talked about yet It was a 1-1 draw with two very late goals, and in spite of the fact, and I know Joel got quite annoyed with me on Twitter for mentioning this, but Gymnasia asked for this game to not be played at 9.30 at night. They asked for it to be played during the afternoon so they could play it in El Bosque, which is their own stadium, and which is currently having the floodlights redone, so they can't have floodlit games. Um, and I wasn't really, really meaning it as a criticism of the AFA. I was more meaning it as just irony, yeah, the, sure, sure. When the AFA say No you can't have this It has to be the 9.30 at night game The floodlights failed In the Ciudad de la Plata um, the, the municipal stadium In, in La Plata um, You're absolutely right I, I wasn't that annoyed It was just a,
2: merely saying that. First of all It's not up to clubs To say when they play um, mm. You know they, you can put in a special request If you've got Libertadores You've got a long trip To Mexico Whatever Then that's fine But it's not up to them To sort of say And and if you play River or Bocca, you're going to get that sign slot. Yeah, that, a that, that's that's a given. And then particularly, it's not up to you... On the basis that you're in the First Division and your stadium doesn't have floodlights. I mean, yes. It's just ridiculous. So, <laughs> uh, but of course, within that, it doesn't change the fact that it's ridiculous that the Unigo, which is the most modern stadium and is, is a beautiful stadium, it's great, um, but the fact that they had, had uh, lights out there is uh, reflects very poorly on... And on, on they're also shut really
4: down...
0: The, the game the, itself... It's just, and the game itself was, I think, fairly dull Yeah, it was Really yeah. Theo uh substitute in the second half Scored with a header from a Leonardo Piscolici free kick This time, well not this time But maybe October, November last year We were talking about how Leonardo Piscolici Had been either setting up or scoring Every single Arcadinos goal up to that point point. Um, and so far, that's the case at River as well They've scored once and he set it up um, And it was, <laughs> <it> was equalised. <laughs> Equalised by Pablo Becchetti for Gimnasia, uh, who stabbed Solskjaer-like from a corner um, with about two minutes to go, and who then let River off and allowed Gimnasia to just get the draw rather than the win, with an astonishing rolling it slightly wide at the post from one-on-one with River's goalkeeper, who by that point was Julio Chiarini, uh, because Marcelo Barabera had to go off during the first half. It wasn't a, a very very good showing from the defending champions in their first yeah. uh, match, was it, Andres?
4: Especially the first half was uh, dominated by Gimnasia not being brilliant, but uh, having the most clear goal options, even uh, uh, with the post. And then in, there was a, a, a shot from I think Leeds that Barobero reached the ball, but they, the, in that play was that he got injured, and, yeah. and uh, well. Uh, he was, uh, had a lot of demand, the, the Gimnasia demanded more Barbero than River uh, uh, Monetti and uh, well, Chiari has had to come in in the 30th third, uh, third yeah, third I mean minute, was in the, uh,
0: sorry, Independiente, Instituto's goalkeeper yes. last, last year. Because was stayed in
4: Primera División, first mm-hmm. division, because yeah. he, he had uh, he had been the goalkeeper of Instituto in Nacional B. And uh, yes, Gimnasia first half was clearly better than River and second half was more tight, uh, more even uh, and, and when it, it appeared to be a 1-0 uh, in favor of River and the, one of the last uh, plays. Behetti caught, caught the ball uh, from a corner kick and, and well, scored the equalizer and he had in the following play the chance to put the 2-1 yeah. in favor of Gimnasia. He he said after the match that he wanted to die after that play yeah. because he thought he was offside.
0: Mm-hmm. In no, in fact, case. he said after the match, "I still want to die yes. right now for <laughs> missing." <laughs> <laughs> Even though he scored the goal um, that the rescued the, the draw for him, Nasia. Uh, it's going to take a few matches, I think, for River to get used to Gachado's, um management. Right? He, he's it he appears by all the, from what we've seen at Nacional, to, uh, Nacional of Uruguay by the way not Nacional of Paraguay who, who we were talking about earlier in the, the Libertadores? Um, to be a talented manager but it's a slightly different style to Diaz I don't know whether less attacking but a little more it's more possession based and a bit more it's direct um, and it's going to take a few weeks to get used to that one thing I am pissed off about is the reporting on Barovero's injury I have to write betting previews and they have to be re- <laughs> Days in advance of matches. And Marcelo Barribeiro on Monday and on Tuesday was reported as being out for three weeks with this injury. And yesterday, Wednesday, Ole have a story saying he's recovering very quickly and he's a doubt for this Sunday. When the goalkeeper... When, when they can't decide how fit the goalkeeper is, how on earth am I supposed to be able to predict the results? Well, on, it, Mystic Sam is, is was fine. The, but, well, the other think thing think. is
2: with reporting injuries that they go either go kind of to one extreme which is when they kind of basically just you know verbatim the doctor's report. So it's a three millimetre tear on a transglute yeah. Yeah, whatever or oh, they say he's so got an
0: injury in his knee and they
2: do not <laughs> even tell you which exactly it's, it's either hyper sort of, it's specific or just very vague and you know, he's yeah. out for a couple of weeks so yeah, but I, I thought he had a 3mm tear so that's
4: I think it's a week per well yeah it a millimeter? per yeah. millimetre yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I think I think I don't know if yesterday or, or the day before yesterday said oh yes fortunately Barber had a a very weak tear, and he was running with us. Running? No.
2: Nah. Yeah. Like I, he was... G, the people say the same about Neymar, don't they? He said, hang mm. on, if you've got a uh, fractured, mm. you know, back, um, and then he was up walking into the press conference
0: uh, the ten days later, no, not even ten days later. But maybe. still, with the kind of courses around him, as it were, yeah. you know, very... It's all part of the conspiracy. It's Um... Anyway, it turns out River this weekend are likely to. switch... So did you to predict it's correct? That's the <laughs> important thing. Yeah. your prediction? He was <laughs> already <Seals> on board! <laughs> no, I, I said a draw, in fact. Not uh, that much. Um, <laughs> well, that doesn't change the annoyance. <laughs> uh, River this weekend are likely to switch <laughs> from Driusi and Boschet up uh, front, which it was in La Plata, to Teo Andres and uh, the money. other bloke, the, the, the Paraguayan. is rubbish. Uh, Rodrigo Mora. Yes. Um, who both came on in the second half. Um, Gash says That he doesn't want To to put so much pressure On the shoulders Of of the young players Which I think is perfectly fair um, For their home debut In this season Which is against Central this coming weekend Can we talk about Tio? If you want to Just just because He scored a goal So he deserves it Well just It's quite interesting That I
2: Two things One is um, Whether he stays or not Because I mean River need Someone of that quality Because they haven't got That quality I mean they sold Lansini Who you, know, you can argue about whether he stepped up or not. Um, but he was quite an important player for them.
0: Uh, they lost a few other players as well. Um, so and crucially, so the, they, they inscribed two players at the Atfa last week uh, on transfer deadline day to continue negotiations with until Thursday night, um, which is more or less now. So it's come out today that neither of those two players are going to be able to sign for the Championship. Those were Pablo Aima Uh, who is not going to be fit enough during this year. He will probably sign for the River in the new year, but he won't play this current Tonal Transición for them. And the other guy was, um, is it Gonzalo Martinez? Yes. The surname is certainly Martinez, but the first name is Gonzalo. Yes, Martinez. Uh, Viti Martinez. Of Huracan who it came out, I think, about an hour or so before we started recording. Um, wasn't going to be signing for River So they've not got a number 10 now Essentially they're, Those are the two guys That they were planning to To replace Mancini with Neither of them Sure so,
2: so Right okay that's interesting So they're not so Not looking like they're going to get Any more Real quality players in If Tio does stay Then it's basically pretty clear That he has the freedom of River Plate To do whatever he wants Because they need yeah. him Which Given Tio's track record <laughs> could could spell uh, problems for, for River could, could, could have, we could be in for some interesting times it, you know, he, it could either be
0: as, as we said when they signed him as well it could either turn out to be phenomenal yeah. or it could turn out to be an absolute disaster yeah. because it's terrible to and what else can you say about him um, I think at this point
3: now I would say River needed uh, um, Massively and River certainly needed The reason he's staying he I'm assuming River. is basically Because no one in Europe it's Came along to a <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah so sure, so, if he,
4: so
2: if he stays Given all of that He knows he can do Whatever he wants Yeah yeah and We're yeah. talking about Not turning up to training We're talking about Just going off We're talking That kind of yeah, Stuff um, Which just doesn't help But then I I'm guess
0: sorry, no we're not that's what we'd be talking about if it we were talking about a normal
3: player. John. we're talking about <laughs> pulling guns on your teammates after matches. <laughs> All right. I wasn't going to go with the head. <laughs> <laughs> but then I guess we are we are talking about he's then just his career is is, uh, is completely finished. Clearly if he, there's any hope of going he, back to his Europe. His behavior be
4: was clearly not good because when Alvarez Varanda was here running his teammate for Colombia, he was in the beach and he posted some photographs with his wife in the in the, in the beach. So that's not good, but he's the best player right now in the team, and he knows that. I don't think he fully
3: expected to be coming back. Sure. I mean, yeah, no. yeah. His, his, his pictures <laughs> at the beach on holiday <laughs> with his wife were like, this is probably going to annoy the river support, is rightly so. Of course,
2: we're talking about playing, you know, it was important player for Colombia, yes, I mean. World Cup, But you know, exactly. And Colombia so did well with, with yeah, l- yeah. a lot yeah, of people were right.
3: saying that, you know, yeah. not the surprise package because they have a lot of talented footballers, but... Still. but they did very well yeah. and he was a, not even just a squad member he was a starting player mm. for them mm. um, and I think he was absolutely sure I'll get my move to Europe whether it's Sevilla or, yes, or whoever he that was album. expecting
4: to go direct straight from the beach to Europe and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when,
3: when the move didn't happen I think he suddenly found himself back in Buenos Aires okay well I need, I need to play for River now I mean he came on and scored the goal so I'd, I'm not hopeful. I mean, I support Rio, I would. Have I I, um,
1: I saw something quite worrying and sort changing the. Tangent. Some someone in the crowd with a megaphone was insulting in racist, insulting him, and he he responded, didn't he? And he yeah, he's he he proud said, to yeah. be black. Yeah, but I just thought the fact that someone was in the crowd on a megaphone. Yeah. And 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 didn't get arrested or anything. Sure. I don't really know for happened Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah sorry. Of yeah, of course. Sorry, I, I wasn't quite sure the story behind that.
2: Uh, I, I Mr. only saw the the response when he, he he tweeted something about I'm black and I'm
0: proud and yeah. So, yeah. 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 This is interesting because I wonder whether in Western Europe people would even pick up that he's black. No, you wouldn't be considered black. Edgar Alvarez Balanta, yes. Sure, sure. Carlos Carbonero, yeah. yes. Deal. that's the first I've heard of me black. To be honest, Yeah, before, yeah no, he yeah. doesn't
3: look. Yeah, uh, uh, I think awful. in Ar- in Argentina in Argentinian.
0: Well, Argentina is a country where a lot of people who are of black descent don't even recognise that they are themselves. Let's say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a, it's, a, it's a that, it's, sorry, sorry to raise yeah, it. It's a complex issue, that, isn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the indigenous. Indians are often considered Mm. morenos. aren't they? I I just thought it was the fact that someone in the crowd on a Mm. megaphone was able to insult him and get away with it. That was my point. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. indeed, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, That's your lot for this week's uh, fixtures. San Lorenzo versus Olimpo is going to be played, I think, it's on the 30th of August, which is in... uh, Two weeks, no, that's a Saturday, so there have to be league games that weekend as well. San Lorenzo Olimpo is postponed until a future date. Some of their fixture lists put it on the 30th of August, but San Lorenzo presumably going to be playing, and Olimpo indeed, they're going to be playing on that weekend. Um, so we're not quite sure when it's going to be. As a result, of course, of the fact that, as we mentioned last week, it fell between the two legs of San Lorenzo's Copa Libertadores final. Um, so now, having discussed this week's football and a load of other stuff, uh, the next music that you will hear is Mystic Sam's team music, and when we come back I'm going to tell you what to bet your pocket money on this coming weekend. I've had some evidence to back up my predictions because everybody's actually played a match that I've mostly seen um, and So my predictions for this weekend are as follows Newell's Old Boys versus Gimnasia y e Esgrima La Plata Will be a Newell's victory, but possibly not very much Olimpo de Bahia Blanca against Tigre is going to go for a draw and almost definitely under two and a half goals because Tigre's defence tended to be very strong throughout last season. Uh, Banfield against Defensive Justicia, two of the newly promoted sides. I'm going to go for Banfield to pick up the home win there. Defensive Justicia looks... I don't like to say it because they're a newly promoted side and we're very happy for them to be in the Primera For the first time, they look frankly fucking awful against Brasic. And we put out Banfield picked up a very good win in the Copa Argentina yesterday yes they won after, after losing 3-0 to Godoy Cruz on mm. Friday they won 4-0 against Kielmes, uh in the Copa Argentina on Tuesday and um, if you want to see an absolute thunderbolt of a strike yes you should check the out got, the peacocks. I think three of Banfield's goals actually in that game were really two of them certainly were yeah, two gone assholes three yeah. of them were fairly good and one of them was an absolute stonker Vélez-Sasfield um, against Arsenal de this I'm going for a Vélez win in that one Estudiantes de la Plata against Independiente draw sorry Peter I'm going to sit on the fence for that so you went for draw last time only won 3-0 <laughs> 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 indeed I did <laughs> Quilmes against Godoy Cruz uh, following Godoy Cruz 4-0 capitulation in the Copa Argentina I'm going to go for a Godoy Cruz victory which would be unusual given the number of away wins that Godoy Cruz picked up last, w- last season Racing against San Lorenzo I'm going to assume that San Lorenzo, in spite of the hangover, are going to get up for this one because it's a classical and I'm going to go for a draw. Uh, but it might very well be a Racing win because San Lorenzo could have spent the last
4: previous three or four nights. That was the first match of San Lorenzo after? Well, as South American champions, yeah. They, they will show the cup and, that, and I don't think they will be very calm. I don't think they will. A Racing Stadium? <laughs> Well, to their, to their crowd or, or perhaps before the match To the yeah. Boedo and then go to Avellaneda And, <laughs> pick, it, yeah, and then, I mean, right. in that case I don't <laughs> think they would be very connected to the match Either way Ley
0: San Lorenzo basically is yes. what I'm saying for that weekend uh, River Plate against Rosario Central I think River are going to scrap a win Somehow against that one Central haven't won in the Monumental In the last 16 attempts Which is quite something Belgrano against Boca Juniors, I think, is going to be a victory for Belgrano. Ooh. Atletico de Rafaela versus Lanús is going to be a Lanús win. Uh, Atletico look really awful on opening weekend, and that is your lot. That's the whole of the round two fixture list. Does anyone disagree very strongly with any of those?
1: My Boca friends will
3: disagree very strongly. I think that
0: game will
4: be <laughs> awful, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 certainly Boca wants to i Perhaps would give a, a, a way we to Independiente against estudiantes. That's the only
1: mm,
4: good man. That's the only perhaps uh, result in which I disagree then. So, yeah. no, I, I think, think estudiantes
0: are going to be a bit more up for it at home, and particularly because they played so poorly against Arsenal that they're going to have to show something different. Yeah, and I would say.
3: I think, as much as I would like to to say that Independiente will go go to La Bladanoite, I think there's reservations over there. Three nil margin against a team as weak as Atlético Rafaela because that's the good. That's they not went ahead say,
4: fairly
0: early, right? Well, no, yeah, they they, basically. They went, they no, no, the they count. went ahead like a minute before the, the break. Oh, of course, yeah. And then the second but, half, they hit them on the counter. Yeah. Very effectively, and not about performance. But, the problem, but they
3: nearly went behind after one minute, yeah. when Nestor Breitenberg completely left uh, Albatengo in it, and managed to clear off the line. But for that first period, it was kind of end-to-end. Both teams had shots off the line, and Independiente are quite open. I think my prediction I think for commenta- Independiente this season is going to be they're quite...
4: Commentators will want him not to play because... Yes, <laughs> exactly. I think that'll be quite interesting to watch this season.
0: (laughs) I've just realised, by the way, we haven't answered any listeners questions. Um, So here's some more music and then very quickly afterwards we'll come back and answer some questions. So don't go away. Row, First of all as Carlos Carbonero Is rumoured to be Close to joining Roma And then loaned out Due to the non-EU rules How do we think He'll do in Italy
2: um, I made him Player of the Year Last season yeah. uh, He was absolutely Brilliant after a Poor start for River Plate First First, year, first championship yeah. And then a and then, good I mean, second, he, he was just Brilliant but. last season Just he dominated The, the right flank And, and he had, had been, been For two straight thing. seasons As well at Arsenal
0: two yeah. long seasons exactly
2: um, I, think, I think am I right in thinking that for Arsenal and Estudiantes he played slightly more centrally
0: yeah
2: yeah I think I, I mean I, you know he's, he's almost more of the
0: kind of role that Di Maria played at the World Cup rather mm. than whereas at River he was shunted out to the wing more and yeah, he scored sure. some absolute belters for yeah. Arsenal yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. no I think, he, I think he's really I was really impressed with him last year really impressed so, um, so I mean and he went to the World Cup
3: now.
0: In the end end, He played played the third group He wasn't in the original No, he wasn't And then No, 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 no. someone got injured And he got called up in in replacement Mike asks Is Messi likely to get his way With Martino as boss As he clearly did on the Sabella I.e. who he wants in the team Let's hope so (laughs) Indeed It seems to be good for squad harmony Judging from the World Cup So here we go Uh, Rob Brown asks Will San Lorenzo make it to the final Of the World Club cup and will Néstor Ortigosa
4: survive if they do yes they will yes, <laughs> right clearly San Lorenzo against Real Madrid with the final of course right but we've,
0: we've said that we have we've could say this about the Copa Libertadores winners uh, for the last few years and yet more of them have lost to in the semi-finals than have won since the other confederations were allowed in mm. so exactly right they have a chance, but as we mentioned already, they've been decimated the squad already even before the ch- the final finish. Um, so we'll see who they've still got in December, and then we'll answer that question again. Ask us again in four months' time, Rob. Um, Sasha, and this is the elephant in the room that I asked that I mentioned earlier. On Sasha says, "Is Carlos Tevez going to get a recall with Martino in charge?" Sasha.
4: He was asked this
0: that
3: I was doing. He was.
4: His words were, the. Opens of the national team Are open for everyone So If we <laughs> respect exactly, exactly what Sabella said <laughs> Well Then Messi said I don't feel Good with Tevez And Tevez wasn't called that But, but uh, If Martino If you respect or, or Martino respects However He said He says Perhaps We, we, we I don't say yes I, And I don't say no well, yeah, but I mean, in, However, in the initial press conference, there's no, way, like, no, no, there's no you know. way he's going to say,
3: no, Tevez is not in my plans okay. at all, or I'm going to be calling him up for my first squad, because I mean, uh, that would have been the headline.
0: Julito Granlona, Julito, president of, our, of, of Arsenal de Sarandi, one of the AFA uh, directors, who obviously, because of who his dad is, is quite an important AFA director at this moment in time, uh, said yesterday that there are no players who are off limits for Martino and Martino have been informed of that Um, however Infobay who are an online uh, news kind of agency let's say here in Buenos Aires um, claim that Sabela Sabela sorry Martino is going to have conversations with Mascherano and with Messi he's going to talk to them about how well they get on with Tevez and if those two say no problem with Tevez at all Tevez will be called up If they say, we don't like Tevez, Tevez doesn't get called up. Martino, apparently himself, is a big fan of Tevez and would rather have him in the side than Iguain. This is, again, according to Infobai, that it's going to depend very much on what Messi and Mascherano say. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, necessarily. Because, again, as I said before the World Cup, when everybody was saying, oh, for the shortlist of 30, they prefer Franco Di Santo to Carlos Tevez. No, the choice is not... Tevez against anybody else it's Tevez against Messi if you call one up you can't call the other up and given that choice you have to call Messi up surely Ma- yeah. Masterano
1: and Tevez are very good friends of course You know they go back a long time don't they when they were transferred together During, to West, West yeah. and Ham and they get on very well um, I know that for a fact um, I, I think Tereth will be called up if there's injuries, won't they? If, if they need him. Yeah. I, can't see him I, I, get, I can't see him get... Because he's got s- the surplus of strikers that Argentina have. Mm. Uh, there's no need for him at the moment, is there? Uh, and the final question,
0: also from Sasha, is... Will Strap will ever return to Argentina? I hear he's been tearing it up in Ecuador. Amazing. He's uh, been off the
2: radar a
3: little
0: bit, hasn't he? <laughs> bring back
2: the Strac. <laughs>
4: What's... Uh, I, I mean, tell- I don't... I've returned to Team <laughs> one
2: day, it's got to be. Well, he's, he's a Cologne supporter, isn't he? He's got Cologne tat. Is he? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, he does. So um, so you'd guess so. But um, yeah, I mean, he's off the radar.
3: Where is he tearing it up, sorry? Ecuador. Ecuador.
2: He, uh, MLK, isn't, yeah, that's right. Uh, Rafael Correa, the Ecuadorian president, tweeted about um, something about the strand. <laughs> uh, well, Correa, obviously, a big MLX supporter. This is what you, you
0: get for being a proper. Political journalist now, Joel, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, who the president like as well. I can bring you exactly what the what the famous president. Different is in dimension the world to there. have the analysis from Norm. Um, those are all the listeners' questions for this week. Thank you for keeping them relatively brief, listeners, because as I said, I completely forgot about them. Um, and now that's that's it. We apologise for having such a long episode during the season. The pre-season episode is one thing, but after its started is another matter. But there was a lot to talk about, as we hope that you will uh, recognise. For now, it's time to bid farewell and say please join us again next week when presumably we're going to be recording before Thursday because there's no meaningful weekend for midweek football next week is there. So maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday probably. Um, so it'll be online, what, 24 hours earlier, fingers
4: crossed. It's yes. September. Right?
0: Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't matter as much as the Libertadores anyway. At least the qualifiers aren't as important as the Libertadores final. Um, so congratulations. If we have any San Lorenzo fan listeners... Um, congratulations to you on your first ever Copper Libertadores. Congratulations to any Gerardo Martino fans, if there are any of you out there, on his appointment as Argentina boss. And it's for now, uh, goodbye from uh, Joel Richards. Goodbye. Goodbye from Andres Bruckner. Goodbye. Goodbye from Peter Coates or Quapis. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye from very special guest Neil Clark. Oh, thank you. And thank you enormously for this book. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, and goodbye from me, goodbye. (laughs)